Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 460. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football tonight. I've uh, opened up my mics and my counterparts here just so that they can tell me if I can't because my microphone's been breaking. Actually, it's not my microphone. I've changed my microphone. I've changed my headset. I've changed everything here, so it's not my stuff. It would probably be bad internet connection or something. So if I continually sound choppy, then that's kind of why. Uh, but I'm going to get to me if they can. Hey, uh, one of the things that's happened to me recently, recently or, and it's not really even me, it's a good buddy of mine, and I'm just going to tell you a little story. A uh, buddy of mine who's uh, about 40, 42 years old right now, I've known him for 20 some odd years, uh, in the wine industry, and he's now liquor industry, and I'm kind of retired, so we're not we're kind of out there, but we're still friends, and we talk. Well, he lives down in Vancouver, and I live up here, and we just uh, you know send messages, text messages back and forth, and talk. He um, about two years ago he was diagnosed with bile duct cancer. Uh, B I L E. So if you look at bile duct, like a, a heating duct, U T, I believe. Uh, now, if you uh, it's like a three or a five percent uh, uh, survival rate. He's toast. Just something that's not good for anybody. Uh, he's lived a, a, a year and a half longer than anybody told that he would, and he's still fighting this quite well. And he's doing he's in remission or recovery, or I don't know what it is, but it's really not bothering. Him. But it's uh, collapsing his liver, and liver is one of the most uh, uh, I'll call it resourceful. That you know, if you got any little bit of liver, it's going to regenerate itself. Well, his isn't really regenerating itself; it's just collapsing on itself. So he uh, was put on the organ donor list, and uh, he—they uh, didn't—they actually didn't want to put him on it because of a lot of different reasons. Because he did this test and that test, and they said that's uh, you know goes against principles and this, and that, and everything. He fought the thing. He got on the list. This morning he got a call that says, "Be at the hospital in two hours. We have a donor." organ for you, you're going for a transplant today. So I'm telling you this because I'm probably wishing Curry Scott a uh, successful version and a speedy recovery. Uh, get him, buddy. You can do this, man. You can beat this piece of shit so far. Smoke this out. Okay, uh, that's enough of this. This is talk some football. Now, the guys, are, your mics are open. Charles, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. You are a bit choppy, but uh, I guess we're, we're going to have to put up with it. So that's that's fine. Uh, yeah, so, you are. Hello yeah, to everybody. Sorry, but yeah. Yep. No worries. Hello. Well, uh, how are you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I, my body's sore. I, I'm like I was telling Will off air before we got. I'm. Uh, I joined the volunteer fire department down here in the school community, and uh, right in the, uh, on 
just finished day three of a four-day training program on the uh, driver pump operator course for the driving the fire engine. And uh, I've been doing all that fireman shit that the 20-year-olds have been doing. And so uh, at 60 years old, it's not quite easy. And it's not doing it quite as well as it should. So I really could be enjoying a hot tub right now, but I'm going to do a podcast instead. Hmm. I hope everybody uh, thanks for that. I wish I had a hot tub. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I don't have one. I don't want one. Me too. I've had one more in my life. Uh, In New West, we had one. In in Abbotsford, we had one. So, you know, for the first 20 of our marriage, my wife and I were in the hot tub every day of our lives almost. And uh, now it was four years in merit. We have had one. So uh, I think it's time to buy one. I thought I was going to get one once, but it turned out to be a scam. So... Oh, sorry. Uh, one of the things yeah. I've been told by a couple of hot tub people is uh, it, it, it costs you $1,000 a year to have a hot tub. Okay? That's if I a $5,000 hot tub, it's going to last you about five years. If you can buy a $10,000 hot tub, it's going to last 10 years. That depends on the manufacturer and everything else. Now, one of the hot tub dudes up my uh, area up in here, who is the uh, – he doesn't really sell hot tubs. He, he services them and uh, – he does maintenance on them for people. You know, he'll come to your house and make sure all the chemicals are good once a week. Um, and for that, there's a fee. Anyhow, I was talking to him, and he says some of the best uh, hot tubs out there uh, have a pump system in it called a Balboa, just like Rocky Balboa from Rocky Movies. And they are the best ones out there right now, and you can buy them. Uh, and he said... Uh, one of the brands that um, Costco sells, and that if you buy your hot tub at Costco, they have a phenomenal return and warranty uh, department. So you know, for whatever reason, it's not working. They just you just go up and they send a technician out, regardless of what it costs, and they fix the thing. Huh. So you know, you get a buy the extended warranty from Costco. You you won't have any problems at it for quite some time. So that was good advice. I like the advice. So I went to buy the hot tub from there from Costco, and it was the one was fifty five hundred bucks. And I said, cool, I'm just going to buy this. And I you know I was working on you know putting the cash together to do this because I was bringing it from and I went back and looked at it, and the price went up to sixty two dollars, and I was all fucking mad. So I would be too. I did not get the hot tub. So anyhow. Hmm. Sorry, what was that? Uh, well, said, welcome to the show. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm uh, I'm sore all the time every day, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, and I I think it's because I I don't. I don't rest enough between workouts, to be honest with you. But I've been sore for 20 years, so it doesn't matter. But I feel yeah. good. Me too. But I feel and, good. You know, usually working on the farm and the ranch and everything else, I'm always doing more than most people have made journey. And, uh, yep. you know, it, it takes a toll on you for a while. But uh, this has been pretty much eight hours a day. 
And, but, uh, but, I, I'm not used but to it's that. amazing. It's amazing when you do something different that you don't normally do. Yeah. And you discover muscles. You discover muscles you didn't know were you there. You didn't anymore. know you had. Yeah. Or, or things I, you I find can't it, do, like get on the ground and try to get up. It's a hard one for me. Yeah. Well, I find it every year in the spring. I go outside to rake my grass, and the next morning, I can't move certain parts of my body, and it's like, are you kidding me? Raking grass does that, but apparently it does. Well, I'm so, wearing firefighter gear, and just the, the pants, boots, and the coat alone are like 50 pounds, and there's another 20 pounds in the helmet, and then you put a breathing apparatus pack on your back, and that's another 50 pounds, and, you know, all of a sudden, instead of my, my sleek physique at 210 pounds, now sitting at 300 and something, and my body's not used to putting that kind of weight around. Yeah, I've heard that equipment yeah. is quite heavy. So, and I'm not making excuses. I'm not planning or winning. I'm just expressing the fact I feel like shit. Uh, anyway. Uh, let's get some football. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. So we had uh, four games in week 12. What many weeks are there in the CFL season this year? I think oh, there's 16. Play, that way every game. team has two buys. Week 16. Okay. So week 16 is the end. Week 16. Week 16 is the end. 12, we're into week 13. So there's 30 long play four yep. games. We play uh, a tunnel. Hamilton, Edmonton, and Calgary. And I think Calgary is before Edmonton. We actually might win a couple games. I'm really kind of shocked on that. But let's talk about these games this week because, well, there's really not much to talk about a couple. But what we have, 12 review. So CJ picked Montreal by 52 points. And what happened? Montreal beat Toronto 37-16 at 53 points. So I was out by a point, got 100 points for Montreal, so I got 104 points. Way to go, CJ. So you picked Montreal at 41 points. Uh, you're off by 12. You got 118 total. What was your thoughts on this football game? Well, um... It kind of went what I expected. I expected Montreal to win, and I expected to win them by a significant amount, and pretty much that's what happened. Um, uh, Toronto is just not a very good football team right now. Uh, well, you know, I say that's that, not but true. first that's place, not true. So that's not entirely true, but I don't know. Montreal just seems like a better team to me, even though Toronto has – um, the uh, the better record, or I believe they got a slightly better they're record. Not, they're I'm being they're, they're tied. They're tied. Four. Yeah. Okay. So this was a battle for first place, really. And uh, well, uh, Montreal really outclassed them in this game. Uh, I'm actually somewhat impressed by Matt Schlitz that he's he's keeping. Um, the Alouettes in there. I mean, he's not being spectacular, but he's getting the job done. 
The big player in this one for the Alouettes was obviously William Stanback. He rushed for over 200 yards in this game, 203 yards and a touchdown. Uh, gee, a team with a running game. I wonder what that must be like. Have no idea. Anyways, yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, even though they lost, had a Thompson. decent game, except Thompson. Thompson. Well, it says Thompson here. I don't know. Yeah, I it is his name. That's it. That is his name. McLeod Bethel yeah. Thompson. Uh, he has decent numbers until you get to the interception column and see that he threw four interceptions, and they just traded their other quarterback. So I guess they're going with him. I mean, he's been a guy that's been back and forth. He's been the starter. He's been yanked. He, he's very inconsistent. He reminds me a lot of Trevor Harris with his inconsistency. He was good for the most part, except for the four picks. He had a decent completion average. He had decent yardage at 291, but four interceptions. That just didn't get it right. No running game to speak up for the Argos here. So uh, while these teams are tied, I'm going to give Montreal the the, um, the edge in this one because they really looked a whole lot better in this one than the Argos. And the Argos, while they're tied for first, they've been, incons- they've been consistently inconsistent just to say that for some of this year. So um, I'm just going to be interested. Uh, but uh, right now, I'm, if I'm handicapping it, I think Montreal might be the favorite to win the East. Interesting philosophy. Uh, hmm. I mean, they did just trade for Trevor Harris. Matt Schlitz is winning. So did they bring Trevor Harris in as their starting quarterback? Uh, either Not this year, but maybe for next year? Or what's the deal? Or did, is this just a player contracts up at the end of the season and they're going to kick him to the curb because the badge is coming back? I don't know. I mean, I think they pretty much got him as insurance for this year. Um, I don't know so if they have him logged in. Cause I, pretty much, yeah, because I think that Vernon Adams is, uh, is still their guy. I think he's Kahari Jones' guy, but with him out, and playing Matt Schlitz, I think that really uh, they want him as some veteran uh, insurance here uh, in case something happens to him or in case he falters. Because I honestly think that when he's ready, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. will get the starting job back. I mean, maybe they keep him, uh, and if Vernon Adams Jr. falters, because when he was playing this year, he was kind of hot and cold. Um, maybe they keep him to push Vernon Adams. I don't know, but... Um, I, that's interesting. I think it could be a rental player, but I, I also think that it's at least possible uh, that he could be back there next year. I don't know. It's kind of an up in the air now. It will depend how, he come, how Vernon Adams, I think, comes back from his injury. I mean, I personally think Trevor Harris is a better better quarterback than Vernon Adams. When he's but on his game, my, you're probably true, but he's uh, very inconsistent. Yeah, but he's been on some shitty teams. Yes, he has. So Montreal as a whole, as a team as a whole, it's not a spectacular team. The entire team is doing well. Yes, that's true. And you they were good in this it's game. Like, and, yeah. They're not riding on the coattails one person, although is doing a hell of a good job. But you, you mean the team as a whole is playing respectable football, not elite football, but not awesome football, not like Winnipeg Blue Bomber football, but <laughs> playing good games. 
team. It's not, oh, my God, we've got the best quarterback in the league and the team sucks. Um, no, I yeah. agree with that, too. Okay, so um, where am I going with this? This is over to William. William, you picked Toronto at 48 points. Uh, it was a total. You're off by five. You've got 32 points total for this game. What was your thoughts on this? Um, you know what? It was it was a competitive game. I thought I thought Montreal looked well. I mean, Montreal's running game looked better than Toronto. Toronto, obviously, obviously, uh, Chris Jones hasn't worked on their run stop ability yet. And Stenbeck got 200 freaking yards. When has that happened in the CFL recently? Yeah. Um, Very rarely. As, as far as, as, far as uh, Trevor Harris goes, this is what's going to happen, guys. I know what's going to happen already. He's going he's gonna to play out the season in Montreal. They're not gonna. They're not gonna give him his uh, three hundred thousand dollar bonus in February. He's gonna become a free agent, and Toronto is going to hire him. Maybe, but on the other hand, and I never thought about this till this very second. I wouldn't be surprised if not good, back in Ottawa. No, no, no. A good I place so for him too. to land. A good place for him to land would be in BC. Yeah, I thought of that as well. That I'm not that I'm excited uh, about the concept. Yeah, the but, connection with Campbell. Okay, is yeah. still there. So and I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Mike Riley is back next year. I'm not that they release him. I think he might be red, getting ready to hang him up. His body is taking a beating again this year. Three years of his four-year contract, right? Right. Yeah, we're in week. You, you know we're what? in year three. You know, one was a, a, a wash. Right. You know what? I I hate to say this, and Christopher's going to get mad at me when I do this comparison. But um, you look at Mike Riley, and we always talk about how tough Mike Riley is, and there's no doubt about it. He was the, he's the toughest quarterback ever to play in the CFL. But this year, it looks like it's catching up to him. I'm not going to argue with you. No, I agree he's, with you 100%. He's, 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 he's beaten, okay? You can see he's worn out, okay? And I just don't know if the body is willing anymore. So, I, it, you know, it's which getting is too to, bad. He's in which the twilight years. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I have no doubt For if sure. he comes back next year, I, I'm not going to be shocked. I, I expect him back next year, but if he decides to retire, I wouldn't be shocked either. No, well, I wouldn't either. You know, I, I would say it's about a, a 65-35 that he's coming back. I, I, I honestly believe he be back for his final year of his contract. The big question is, is would we want him for a year after that? So you have to replace him with somebody, and we don't have anybody in the system to do that with at this point in time. Trevor Harris wouldn't get bad stuff. I'm not going to say anything other than the fact that and, and he's not going to start her money. He's going to come back up money until Robbie hangs up the clip. And, yeah, I don't know. 
I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I'm not excited about it. Hmm. I mean, right now he's better than anyone else we got. So I yep. mean, he actually looks quite amazing. In Ottawa, year that they won the Grey Cup, when he wasn't injured. Okay. I would agree he with came that. In, yep. He came in relieved when Henry Burris got hurt, and then he right. was in for three or four games. And he got injured, and then brought Trevor uh, Henry Burke back off the injury list, and he finished it out and won the great. Okay, Harris did come back later in the season and play some games when Henry needed a rest because uh, he got injured or something, and Trevor has played like shit. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, he played some pretty good football. I, and I'm going for memory here. And I'm, you know, I don't know whether or not you guys agree with me on that. But uh, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I do believe that he's showed a lot of inconsistencies over the years. But I also believe that he's ever played on a really good team because Ottawa shit after they won the and have not been that and then he went over to Edmonton, which is just as big a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. So with going to Montreal right now, catch the team into the Great Cup, victor or not, I would say his worth just became a little better. He would have some value. Uh, is he going to get that opportunity? I don't know. I don't know. He does have some value because there are some teams that could use a quarterback in this league. So, you mean starter? For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not on Nick Arbuckle. What was that? I, I said I'm not on Nick Arbuckle, who is now quarterback of Edmonton. Okay. He has I'm, not, I'm not either. He's not proved himself in this league. He hasn't done squat in Toronto. He hasn't done squat in, and he didn't do, and now he's going over to Edmonton. Now, where else was he? Somewhere else. He was Hamilton. Wasn't he? No. Who? Who? Nick Arbuckle was in Calgary, and then he, he went was in to Calgary. Toronto. Yeah, but he didn't play Well, he got traded Toronto. to Ottawa. He got traded to yeah, um, he played. Ottawa. He's not traded right, to Ottawa because play. Toronto didn't never, think never that he there. was worthy enough. So he sent to Ottawa. He, you know, he didn't, didn't play well there at all. And then they traded Bedman to Toronto. So it, and then he went to Edmonton. Oh, right. He's on. Where did he go? He went to Toronto, didn't he? In Ottawa and yes. back to Toronto? No. He went to no. He's in Edmonton now. No. Where, where he he went to Ottawa. Calgary. He never played. He, he started with Calgary. Then he went to Ottawa. Never played a game in Ottawa. Ended up in Toronto. Played in Toronto. And now they shipped him to Edmonton. That's right. right. Okay, my bad. My bad. Yep. Uh, probably four for him that he never played in Ottawa. But once again, once again, is it the system? I don't. My, my question. 
Go ahead. I know. My, my question with my question with Nick Arbuckle once again is it the system or the quarterback because he hasn't been excess successful anywhere but in Calgary. So. And that was the point that I made on the Edmonton Elk page, right? They were talking about, oh, well, we've got Nick Buckle coming in. And I, you know what? He hasn't done anything outside of Calgary, nor is it the talent. I mean, you're not a terrible quarterback if you made it far. You know, if you become starter in the CFL, you don't have a bad quarterback. It doesn't mean you're an elite quarterback. It just means you're a bad quarterback. he He did. He did beat Winnipeg this year as the quarterback at Toronto, so that's something. And he's the only quarterback in the league that did that. Yep. So yeah, it, it, it's hard to see. You know, the jury's not out of him yet. But see, going at quarterback, you're not going to shine. Not the way things are right now. Nope. I mean, I, at least Ottawa making some moves to try to get better. But I, I think what they're doing is stupid. We're going to get – we'll talk to that in segments this week. Okay, let's go on to the next game here. Ottawa Red Blacks, speaking of a trainer's uh, played the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, I don't think the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a very powerful team right now. I don't think they're <clears throat> an upper echelon team in the CFL. They are in third place in the Eastern Division, which basically means they're on the verge of being eliminated by Crawford, although I don't totally believe that's going to happen. Um, but they're not that playing that good a team. They're not the powerhouse everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the season. And they whooped Ottawa 32-3. Okay, 32 to 3. You're getting pounded by 32 to 3. You're not a good football team. You're shit. And at the end of that game, uh, they did fire the general manager. So, anyhow, we'll keep going on that one. We'll do that one later. Uh, 35 points is the total for the game. Uh, DJ pick Hamilton at 39. I was up by 4. That's 100 points. 34. Uh, Charles, you came in at picking Hamilton at 46. You're off by 11. You ended up with 100 points. What's your take on this game? Well, I got to tell you, the team that I did not ex- to do anything did nothing. He got a field goal. Big deal. That's about all I expected from them. Ottawa's a crap football team right now. They're an absolute train wreck, along with Edmonton. There's probably another team you could include as a train wreck, but I'm not going to go there, at least not at this point. Um, Hamilton just, uh, like you said, Hamilton's not the big powerhouse. They were everybody's favorite going into this season. And, yeah, they blew out Ottawa. But the thing is, they blew out Ottawa. It's not like they're playing a good football team or any semblance of a, of a mediocre football team. They played a collection of 53 guys or however many is on the uh, roster and kind of walked all over them. Well, that's because they're not very good. In fact, not very good would probably be an improvement for Ottawa. They're crap. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it's not like they lit the world on fire. Uh, they did what they needed to do, but they didn't have to do much because all they did, Ottawa did was kick a field goal. 
and they're playing with two rookie quarterbacks that no one's ever heard of. And, uh, I mean, they're doing their best, but they're put in an impossible situation. Um, yeah, I mean, Mazzoli at 320 yards passing, uh, Braylon Addison 95 yards receiving. But really, this, this uh, you're watching this game, this was a glorified, let's be call it what it is, this was a glorified practice for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. There was no chance in the world that Ottawa was going to beat them. In fact, there's no chance that they're going to beat anyone for that matter. And, um, yeah, it's just there's not much to say about this because it was a good team, or at least a decent team, against a horrendous team. And when you get that matchup, typically you get a blowout, and that's what we got here, a blowout. And this, uh, I don't think the Ticats really had to break a sweat in this one because, quite frankly, Ottawa, I mean, they're they're a joke. Let's call it what they are. That's all I got to say. Willie, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, forty nine points. You're off by fourteen. You ended up with one hundred and fourteen points for this game. What's your take on it? Um, Hamilton won. <laughs> Big time. Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa sucks badly. Ottawa sucks so badly. It's not funny. Um, and if and if Hamilton if Hamilton had lost that game, they should quit the CFL because uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we all picked we all picked Hamilton because we knew, and I don't know if anybody's going to pick Ottawa this year at all. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have much of anything anymore. Uh, they're a terrible football team. So there's not much more to say about them than that. I mean, shit is shit. You kind of sums it up for good. Yeah, it's it's that simple, okay? Okay, I wish I could say more about this game, but there's there's not much to say. Okay. Game of the week was nothing. You can't describe it any other way than a molly whopping. Okay. And this game rambles the Hamilton-Ottawa game in a lot of things, a lot of ways, except for the fact that I don't think BC is that bad of a football team. I think Winnipeg is what? that good of a football team. Yeah. Okay? I think Hamilton's a mediocre team that beat a train wreck. I think Winnipeg is an elite team that beat an average team. Okay? That's my opinion of the BC Lions right now. They're special, the average. And I think if you look at the standings, you look at the scores, you look at the points against, everything else about it, BC is sitting right about the middle. So really hard to say too much else about this. But this was truly a molly whooping. Okay? Final score was Winnipeg 45, BC 0. And he could have got the field goal, but he missed. And then Winnipeg ran it out of the end zone without conceding a full point. So they got 45 points. The total score for the game was 45 points. Uh, CJ picked Winnipeg at 42. I was off by three. That's 136. Uh, Charles, you stay to your colors, which I'm proud of you and uh, sorry to tell you. Uh, you picked 38 as a total score. You were by seven. You got 20 points total in this game. 
please tell me what you think of it. This was probably the worst BC Lions game I've ever watched. <laughs> I can't say it. Awful. I mean, it was the first time they've been shut out in my lifetime. The last time they got shut out was 1970. Um, ugh, it was it was painful to watch. Painful to watch. You, I sat there thinking, do something, do something. They did nothing. I mean, and it's not like. It's not like they were out of it at halftime. They were down 16 points. I mean, that's only two scores. But nothing. I mean, this Winnipeg team just came on and on and on. Winnipeg seems to be a team that gets better as the game goes along. They start good, but they just they just continue to get better as the game goes along. But this game was bloody embarrassing. They, the Lions could not do anything in this game. I mean... The elephant in the room is the the elephant in the room. No running game whatsoever. Fifth, not even like uh, what do they have? Sixty? I think they had sixty yards rushing. The sad part is that's one of their better rushing outputs of the season, and that's a really disturbing stat. They brought Nathan Work in. He got injured, and oh, I oh. don't remember who was saying it. I think sorry, go on. Did he? I did not hear I that. He came in, he uh, went three for four for 31 yards, and then he left with an injury. They had to put Mike Riley in. And I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Dwayne Ford or who brought it up. This, was, this game was a perfect example of why CFL teams should be allowed to carry three quarterbacks on their roster because there is no reason for Mike Riley to have to go back in that game after Nathan Rourke went down injured. Uh, but because they had only two quarterbacks in the roster, they didn't have a choice. Uh, the Bombers' defense was in lockdown mode right from the start, and they just um, uh, locked it down even more as the game went along. Um, it was a really, really t- tough three hours. It really was. Zach Caleros, much like I said within Hamilton, he wasn't spectacular, but he didn't need to be. When the team doesn't you're playing doesn't score a point, you don't have to do a whole lot. And then, hey, they got um, Johnny Augustine and Brady Oliveira, 173 yards, 165 yards. They both outrushed the BC Lions. They both had more yards than the entire Lions team. I made the comment the other day, the Bombers, they've got three good running backs. They've got Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, and Andrew Harris. We don't have one in BC. It's just a, a nightmare, nightmare uh, game for the Lions. There's really nothing to say on this because it was just that bad. And this Winnipeg team, I don't know. I don't know who's going to beat them. I mean, I know Will said maybe they're peaking too early, and maybe they are, but I just don't see anyone playing close to their level right now. Well, they've got four weeks to sit around and twiddle their thumbs. Five weeks, actually, until they yep. play a meaningful game of football. When you don't play a meaningful game of football in five weeks, there's, uh, there's a lot of shit that can happen there. And whether or not, mm-hmm. you know, yes, there's a whole pile of uh, uh, veteran experience on that team, and they're going to keep each other, you know, res- I don't want to use the word re- responsible, I guess the thing is. So we'll see what happens, but, yeah. There was a lot of things that matter with the game. Oh, by the way, I just want to 
uh, I'm not going to challenge you on this, but I'm just going to make a point. The Lions have the right to have three quarterbacks. There's no law preventing them the rule... from doing that. Okay, I thought the rule was two quarterbacks. No, they are allowed to draft only two quarterbacks, and they're allowed an extra player because of that. But if they choose okay. to dress three quarterbacks, they can do that as well. Okay. Okay? Fair enough. So it's a, it's a team option. It's not a league man. Okay. So that was the BC Lions kind of blew up in their face in this game. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now we're going to go on to William. Uh, you picked Winnipeg at 36 points. You were off by nine, so you played in 124 points on this game. What was your take on it? You like the word Molly Whopping? Yeah, it wasn't close. It's funny because I, I watched the first quarter, then I had to go to the Stamps game, and I got to the Stamps game, and they play the – they were playing the BC Winnipeg game <laughs> on the big screen at McMahon yeah. Stadium, and oh, it was like thirty-four, thirty-four, nothing. Really? Are you kidding me? Come on, Winnipeg, or come on, BC, put up some effort. You know what? Right at this point in time, I can't see anybody beating Winnipeg because not only their 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 offense is sufficient. But their defense is pretty good, okay? It's pretty damn good. And so unless something happens in a major injury way to Zach Kolaris or or something like that, I can't see them losing to anybody. But once again, the playoffs is a different level. And are they playing at their peak level right now? And can they actually bring it up a notch? I don't know if they can. We shall see. But right now, I mean, and it was, it was too bad for BC because BC just, I mean, they did not. I don't think they looked that good, to be honest with you. And uh, you know, what else can you say after about that beating team? someone forty-five to nothing? You don't think they looked that good? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. no, no, I didn't think BC looked that good, Charles. <laughs> oh no, kidding! I didn't say Winnipeg didn't look that good. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I made, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So, no, whatever. BC don't look that good. But no, like that, that I think they, they were they were playing the best team in the league, bar none. Okay. And, and so here's here's something to throw out there. Here's something to throw out there. Um, what is BC's record right now? What's their record? Four and, four six. and six. You know what? Maybe uh, in 2019 it wasn't the coaching staff. Just saying. Well, hang on. Okay. BC's gone down a, a really bad stretch this last while. In fact, what is this, four straight losses? But they've also yep. – very good teams, in my opinion, if not the best teams, which would be Calgary and Winnipeg, okay? And we played Winnipeg back-to-back. So I, I wasn't yep. really expecting victories in there. And 
recovery is a lot better than the record does. Okay? But now we're going down the home stretch, and we're playing Toronto, Hamilton, Ed- Calgary, and Edmonton. There's a good possibility we could pull three or four victories here, end up finishing the season at 500 at 7-7, seven and seven, which right now yep. is good for second place in the West. Okay? Yep. Right now. And 7-7 seven and seven more than likely is better than what Hamilton's going to do. So there may be a crossover for the BC Lions. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not jumping up and down about it or anything else. But the numbers don't lie at this point in time. It's still highly possible. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, 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 they're not, I'm not out of West playoff position. I'm not ruling it out, but I don't expect it. I don't I mean, Saskatchewan is only six and four. Calgary is five and six. BC is four and six, so that means we got to get in hand with Calgary. I mean, Calgary and BC have the same amount of losses this year. Mm-hmm. So you know, don't count us out of third place in the Western Division, and don't count us out of a crossover position. But I wouldn't be betting any money on either. I, I was not impressed with their last game, but let's see how we do against Toronto next week. Who we don't we we all of us just said that Toronto did not look like a good team, and they don't appear to be a good team. And then the week after that, we have Hamilton, who we've all agreed that Hamilton's looking like the team that we thought they were. They could be had. If BC can't beat Edmonton, they might as well fuck pack it up and go golfing. And we got one game against Calgary. So we should be able to pull off three games this season. I'm just saying, there should be three more victories for BC. Let's hope so. I hope so. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. Yeah, it it looks good. But we've had a very tough middle of the season. It's been a middle of the season. We played Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Winnipeg twice. That's five games where we were Mm -hmm. playing better teams than us, and nobody expected them to win. We got one out of five games. So, no, we lost four straight. It was Saskatchewan, Calgary, and then two to Winnipeg. I don't know what the last victory was. Uh, anyhow, beside the point. The last game of the week was the Saskatchewan Friders against the Calgary Stampeders. Calgary had just beat uh, Regina uh, two, two games, two games back-to-back. And then Calgary went on a bye. I know Saskatchewan went on a bye. Calgary went off and played BC and beat BC. And then they went back and played Saskatchewan again. And this was a really close game. Too close for me. I really thought Calgary was going to pull this one off. They did not. Saskatchewan won this one 20-17. It's a very low-scoring game. I, did, I thought it would be a lot higher than this. Uh, but 37 points was the final tally. I picked Calgary at 48. I was off by 11. I did not pick the winning team, so I got a total of 20 points for this game. Uh, Charles, you, on the other hand, picked Saskatchewan 
at 50 points. You're off by 13, so you got 116 points for this game. Uh, what did you say? Uh, did you watch this one after the BC Winnipeg game? Boy, after watching that BC Winnipeg game, I was kind of turned off of football. But I did see some of the game. I didn't watch it uh, wire to wire, but I did see some of it. I just figured to uh, third time was a charm for the um, for the Riders, and it turned out that way. Um, it was a close one. It was a battle. Defenses played well in this one, um, and um, Saskatchewan was just a little bit better than Calgary on this one, where it kind of been the opposite there. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell on three interceptions in this game. Only one one of the games so far been worse. That was a four interception game he had against the Lions earlier this season. But uh, a bit of an uncharacteristic, well, uncharacteristic is at least the second time he's done it this year. But um, not as strong as he's seen in the last few weeks. Uh, Cody Fajardo played decent in this game. It was a this was a game that was really more of a defensive showcase. I thought both the defenses played relatively well in this game, but uh, Saskatchewan was just able to uh, push through and um, get enough points to uh, edge them out. Uh, so Calgary doesn't get the three-game sweep, and as a result, uh, Saskatchewan is now back more in the driver's seat for a second sp- second place in the West. So um, we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Uh, uh, the other thing with Saskatchewan is they've still got a game in hand on Calgary. That's one one advantage both BC and Saskatchewan have over Calgary. They both have a game in hand on them. So yep. um, we'll see if that plays into things going forward uh, with those three teams. So that was pretty I'm much it. The, I'm looking at the quarterback stats for this season. And there is only two quarterbacks uh, in the top twelve, top ten, in the top ten that are negative touchdown to interceptions. Only two. One of them is Bo Levi Mitchell at seven touchdowns to thirteen interceptions. That's actually putrid. And the other one's Nick Arbuckle. At five and six. Hmm. Zach Caleros is 18 to six. Cody Fajardo is like 10 and nine, so he's like 50%. Mike Riley is 10 and four. Mike Riley still has the second highest efficiency rating in quarterbacks. Too bad the team isn't playing with him. It's also got the lowest touchdown-to-interception ratio. Or, uh, uh, sorry, interception percentage, which is, anyhow. So I'd mm-hmm. share that with you there before we get into it. William, where am I here? There I am. William, you picked Calgary at 42 points. You were off by five. Uh, you got zero on the victory and 32 for the spread. Or uh, total points, sorry. Uh, so you picked up 32 points here. What was your take on this game? You were at the game, were you not? You went off and double-vaxxed just so that you can watch football. Uh, you know what? It rained all day in Calgary. And then about 5.30 stopped raining. <laughs> just the time to go to the football game. And it was it was pretty cold, actually. 
Um, what do I think of this game? Well, you know what? I guess I guess I have to just I, I guess I forget about Saskatchewan fans until I get to go to game <laughs> every year with Saskatchewan fans. Do you realize these people cheer if your kicker passes gas on the bench, okay? They fucking cheer like they've won the Grey Cup when the other t- when 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 they kick a field goal. It's just it's just annoying as shit, okay? As a matter of fact, I left that game six minutes to go because I just didn't want to deal with the Saskatchewan fans anymore. And there was not, it was a very sparse crowd at that game. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell threw three interceptions to the exact same spot on the field. And I don't know what's wrong with him. There's something wrong with him. I really do believe there's something wrong with him. I don't think I don't think his shoulder has healed as well as we might expect, and he's not playing well. Okay, um, the reason it was so close was because Calgary's defense kept him in it. And if Bo keeps on doing what Bo does, Calgary doesn't matter if they make the playoffs or not. They're not going anywhere. Okay, not going anywhere at all. And I was just, I was just downright disgusted with the effort. I hate to lose games by three points when I know they are a better team than Saskatchewan. And they just, they just didn't come out and make it happen. And once again, we talked last week about how hard it is to beat the same team three times in a season. Well, Calgary proved it. So, and there's nothing worse than losing to Saskatchewan in your home stadium. Okay. Agreed. And it as might I be losing as to I take this year, as I mentioned to a couple of Saskatchewan fans on Saturday night, because I was just annoyed in general. Okay. <laughs> if they if they if they like the team so much, then move the fuck back to Regina, okay? And don't stay in Calgary where you have it way better than you ever had it in Regina. You realize that if all the Saskatchewanians would move back to Saskatchewan, they'd have a huge city and a huge province for population. But no. They all go elsewhere, okay? And then they wear their fucking green they wear their fucking green jerseys in my stadium. Okay? They and do that everywhere, they, though. They they, they went, know, walk I down know. the street in Vancouver wearing their jerseys. I don't know how many people I've met this year up here in Merritt that have Saskatchewan Rough Rider tattoos. I and I just go, just, really, like. What do you, why would you, oh, you put get a the football, football team on your body? The watermelons on their head. Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story. There's a guy who sits three rows in front of me, and he's a bit of a jackass, and nobody likes him. And he's always wearing Saskatchewan. He's always wearing Calgary gear. I thought he was a Calgary fan until Saturday night. And he takes his he takes his jacket off, and he's wearing a Riders jersey. And he turns around and tells me how great the Riders are. So, 
So when he got to the game, he was wearing he was wearing a a safety jacket, you know, the neon yellow safety jackets, and it I was did. also a yeah, it was also a rain jacket, and there was an obvious reason why he was wearing it. Three quarters of the way through the game, he decides to take his his Vezzy jacket off. He's wearing a rider jersey underneath it. He pulls the rider jersey off, puts the Vizzy jacket back on, and then he was going to pull the rider jersey over his head. But the guy was so shit-faced that when he took the rider jersey off, when he took the rider jersey off, it was inside out, and he could not figure out how to get it the right way. And some... Saskatchewan fan, two rows up, had to come down and help him put his jersey on, okay? That sums up all the Ryder fans in one ball, okay? The guy, by the end of the game, the guy could not, could not talk, okay? And he was so drunk. And I, yes, and I got to admit, it was the funniest thing I've seen for a long time, okay? So, but there you go. Those were the highlights yeah. of my game in Calgary at Saskatchewan. Calgary's problem seems so. to be very similar to BC's. No running game. Yeah, they don't really have it. They're a little bit better, but not much. He doesn't use it. Doesn't want it. He doesn't use it. He should use it. He does not use it. Kadeem Carey is a great running back. He, he got 15 David, carries, Will. Say that again. He had 15 carries in the game. That is not. That is using your your running back. No, 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 no. I I want him to use the running back 30 times a game. And nobody does. That's not in the CFL. You might see that in the NFL, but you never see yeah, that in the it, CFL. It doesn't. It it doesn't matter right now. Whatever Bo Levi Mitchell, as you mentioned is 7 and 10 or 7 and 12, whatever it is, 6 and 12, touchdown and interceptions, when he passes, it's a liability. So run the fucking football. Oh, not arguing with you, but I'm saying running the football in, in a game 30 times just doesn't exist in the CFL. I mean, even William Stanback with 200 yards only ran the ball 24 times. I think you should well, be running the ball 20 times in a game. A team should run the ball 20 times in the game. Let's be different. Personally. Let's be different. Let's be different, okay? So, anyways, I, I, I don't know. And I, I, I may be biased, but... No, you know, not you. Funny cause, no, no, it's funny because um, my, my, my buddy's son, Colton Hunchuk, has been playing quite a bit for Calgary this year. And it seems that whenever Bo Levi Mitchell throws an interception, Colton Hunchuck is 20 or 30 yards past where he threw the ball, and he's wide open. And I just don't think, I don't think he can make those throws anymore. I don't think his arm is recovered. Do you think his arm could be so, uh, permanently screwed up? Well, you know what? I go back to I go back to Travis Lule, and it's a shoulder issue, and you know he never did quite recover from his shoulder issue. 
Yeah, but I think they're totally different injuries in the fact that Travis Lule dislocated his shoulder three times. You know, had surgery on yeah, well, three times. That's not a bow problem yeah, but right it's now. Still, but it's still, a, it's still a shoulder issue, okay? And I've never had shoulder issues, but people tell me they're brutal. So, especially yeah, when I, you I, make I, a living at... Especially when you make a living at throwing the football. Yeah, I dislocated my shoulder three times. So, yes, that's yeah. exactly what it feels like. Um, uh-huh. uh, I'm paying for it now. Yeah. Well. Okay. So let's uh, let's go through the standings here from the panelists. Uh, Will, you got 302 points in this uh, this week. You CJ got 430. And Charles, you got 382. Uh, so it, it, it the, the standings really tightened up a little bit here. With it was uh, a pretty even week, actually. It, it, yeah, it wasn't bad. You were uh, 50 points behind me, and uh, Will was in the yeah. middle. Uh, so Will's at 35.36. CJ's at 34.98. So I'm actually 38 points behind Will. Uh, Charles, you're at 382. You got 382 this week, so you ended up at 33.20, which is just about 300 points, 280 points behind me in second place. Mm-hmm. You you fell from grace over the last couple of weeks, but this was a good recovery. I was for first week. for the longest time, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got three games Not so to pick. much anymore. Not so much anymore. We got three games to pick. Yep. Uh, we have the Calgary Stampeders into Ottawa. We have Hamilton into Edmonton. And we have BC into Toronto. And we have uh, Saskatchewan into Montreal. <laughs> so the first game up, Charles, I want you to pick the Calgary-Ottawa game. Hmm. This could be a tough one. Uh, <laughs> no, it's really not a tough one. If the freaking Ottawa Red Blacks were playing the Langley Rams, I still wouldn't pick the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm going to well, pick the Rams are a better football team. Ottawa sucks. Uh, that's really not hard to do. Uh, but this Ottawa team is just a disaster right now. They just fired their GM. They're pretty much in turmoil on and off the field. This team's going nowhere, and they're not getting a win over um, the Stampeders. That's for sure. So I'm going to pick Calgary um, 49 points. Okay. Uh, William. I I beg to differ. I think all the players in Ottawa are going to be highly motivated this week because they're playing for their jobs. And uh, who knows who's going to be the next GM there. Motivated or not, they're not very good. Well, no, I know they're not very good. You think I'm going to to pick Ottawa, Charles? You can dream about it, but it's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to say Calgary 45. Calgary 45. Okay, CJ is going to go out on a limb right now, and he's going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. Don't fucking stupid. I'm taking Calgary Stampeders. That was a joke, Sparky, okay? So to put down the red. Oh, no. I'm, I'm taking it. Calgary. Okay? Calgary. Calgary Stampeders. And, uh, but I don't think it's going to be that high a game. I'm going to go with 38 points. I'm going low on this one. Uh, the next game is uh, Hamilton playing Edmonton. Now, Hamilton just blew out the Ottawa Red Blacks 32-3. to uh, And Edmonton is a bit of a train wreck themselves. I'm not sure who their quarterback's going to be this week. Um, what say you? Do you believe that Hamilton is going to blow out Edmonton as well? What's going to happen here? Charles, Hamilton into Edmonton, Commonwealth hmm. Stadium. Yeah, I'm not sure if Harbuckle's playing or not, but it's not going to matter. Edmonton's kind of in the same boat as um, Ottawa right now, a team really in turmoil, a team that's just not very good. Um, even if Arbuckle does play, he hasn't had enough substantial time to, to get that offense down packed. That's not going to do much. Taylor Cornelius is not the answer. Uh, we said last week that Hamilton, while they wanted a blowout, they're, they're not the powerhouse, but they're a decent team. And right now all you got to be is a decent team to beat the uh, Edmonton Eskimos. So uh, I believe that uh, Hamilton is going Oops, I'm sorry. I should have said Elk. Oops, now other people are going to come after me. Um, I don't think no, anybody's going to come that. after you. No one cares. Yep. Uh, no, I am uh, picking uh, Hamilton to win this one. Uh, I think they're going to win it uh, substantially. I'm going to pick Hamilton and um, 44 points. Okay. And William. <laughs> Why are we even picking these games? I don't know. Oh, Lordy. I, I, I really believe if Brock Sunderland is still the GM in Edmonton this year, he should thank his lucky stars because he should have been fired, okay? Um, that whole team just blows Gophers continuously. They're not very good. They do have a good good defensive line, but uh, you know what? I can't go any other way, but let's pick uh, – let's pick uh, – Hamilton, 45. 45 points for Hamilton, or 45 total points in the game with Hamilton, the victor. Uh, CJ's going to take Hamilton as well. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher on this one at 48. Uh, Just because I don't know. Uh, The third game here is who I would say is the two average teams in the CFL, which are BC and Toronto. And they're playing in Demo Field, which does not seem to be home field advantage to the Argos. So I'd say that's a bit of a wash. Uh, Is BC a better team? Toronto a better team? Uh, We're really going to find out what goes on with the Lions and, and at the end of this game, that's for sure, and how the rest of the season's going to go. Uh, Charles, you're picking BC. I have no doubt about that, but you better say it for Sparky. Yes, obviously. I mean, you don't have to guess at that because I don't know if I've ever picked against BC. 
I'm a bit of a homer that way. Sue me. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to pick BC because I, I, I honestly believe this is very much a winnable game for BC. I don't think Toronto is anywhere near substantial. I think these are actually two fairly even teams. Um, yeah, and I think this is a winnable game. I think it's going to be a close game. I really think and I'm, I'm really hoping that the Lions are pissed off at the way they played last week and they come out in a much better uh, frame of mind and want to really uh, ramp it up after that embarrassing, well, really embarrassing four weeks because they've had four bad weeks in a row. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick BC in this one. I'll say BC um, 45 points. Okay. And uh, William. Is this where yeah. you're going to separate from us, or is this where you're going to get caught? No, this is where we're going to separate. Um, oh, I'd like to pick BC, but BC didn't score any points last week, and I know Toronto isn't as good as Winnipeg, but Toronto did beat Winnipeg once upon a time this year. So I am going with Toronto, and I'm going to say... I'm going to say 45 points. Okay. You pick 45 in all three games. Hmm. I don't know if you did that by design or not. I just thought I'd share. Of course I did that by design. Okay. I'm taking the BC Lions in this, and I think it's going to be a 52-point total. I think they're going to come out, and they're going to kick some ass. They got they, they have to. Uh, if you put the – you play the game, put these two teams side by side by the numbers and just ask yourself, who's a better quarterback, Mike Riley or McLeod Bethel Thompson? Ryan Dinwiddie would say McLeod Bethel Thompson. But Ryan Dinwiddie's an idiot. And, and I have no faith yes, in him as is. a head coach. So Neither do I. I. I Neither do I. I, I. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. Well, they expect okay, he's uh, a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber. <laughs> he's the former Calgary Stampeder. No, he's not. Never played for Calgary. He's a coach there. That's a. You might as well. Yeah, he was that's wearing the, coach. the. He was wearing the logo. Yeah, gear. but. Yeah, but he had Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel as his mentors, so he didn't have a say in anything. Trust me. I don't doubt that. Okay, the final game is Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Heading east to McGill Stadium to play the Montreal Alouettes. Hmm. This is a tough one. Not for me, not for Will, but it might be for Charles. We'll see what happens. What's your call, sir? Ooh, Saskatchewan at Montreal. I know you guys are both going with Montreal because you guys uh, don't like picking Saskatchewan. I hate picking Saskatchewan, but I'm in third place right now, and i got to catch up. And be that as me, I also still think Saskatchewan right now is a better team than Montreal. Um, Trevor Harris, you know Trevor Harris? So I am going to pick Saskatchewan in this one. I know you guys are probably going the other direction, but I think Saskatchewan is the better team right now. They come off a big win over Calgary. I take Saskatchewan. Even though this game is in Montreal, I'm taking Saskatchewan. Uh, 40 points. 4-0. 
Four zero, yeah. Okay, and William. So in that twenty seconds, Charles, you said you're taking Saskatchewan three times. No, Are you trying to convince us or yourself? He said it six times. Try, he said it six times. Trying to convince, okay, we're trying to convince or yourself that you're picking Saskatchewan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, Anyways. I'm picking Saskatchewan because they're not a very good uh, – they're, they're a better team than Montreal, so I'm going to pick Saskatchewan. Yeah, I just think that it's going to happen. I'm going to pick Saskatchewan. <laughs> and it, just, it was yeah. funny. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Actually, Sparky will probably uh, go back it, and tell us exactly how many times he said it. I'm it, not going to yeah, Charles, Charles, it's amazing. You had, you had a very scintillating argument with yourself live on air, okay? Anyways, I am going to pick oh. Montreal. Kind of buyer's remorse, I think. I'm going to pick Montreal 45. Oh. <gasps> 45. I'm surprised by that score. I already had it written down. Huh. And I'm going to take... Who would have guessed that? I'm going to take the Montreal Alouettes, and I am going to go at... 42. 42 points. Okay, I'm going to put this one in the drawer... I'm pretty sure Sparky got all those numbers, and we'll go from there. I, I, you know, I was just sitting there going, okay, well, that's all finished there. Do I, am I signing off on the podcast right now? This is a Ben Let's Talk CFL podcast. No, we're only an hour through, an hour and ten minutes, actually. That took a long time. And we got 50 minutes left. We're it good. Did, we're, there, there's, there's lots to talk about, though, so we'll just go away. Yep. So the Sparky's thing has gone away now. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Fire Marcel Desjardins. Okay. A blind mouse would have known that this was coming. Most of us think that it is way too late. He absolutely destroyed this team. Uh, should have been done in, la- in, in the 2019-2020 offseason. It didn't happen. The fact that he was still here is amazing and then to fire him with four games left in the season zero sense to me and i just hope that the ottawa blacks have the good manners not to be acting like the saskatchewan rough riders and talking to somebody to fill this position while those teams are still in a playoff race in fact, I think that it shouldn't be allowed to talk to any coaching staff at all, zero, before mm-hmm. the Grey Cup. I don't even care if both teams are not going to make the playoffs. I just don't believe that anybody should be talking to anybody right now. My opinion. Okay. Uh, we've seen it happen too many times in the past, and it's not right. I mean, they had signed Chris Jones to coach and general manager in Regina, and he hadn't played in the great – he won a Grey Cup game, and he was already leaving. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a fan of that at all, and I hope that they they have the good graces not to do that, although I can't say I would uh, anyhow. I don't have a lot of faith in the Ottawa management right now. 
Who does? But I was saying who was going to get fired first, which was Marcel Desjardins or Brock Sutherland. Uh, obviously, Marcel got the punt first. I would expect Brock Sutherland to get it this week if Edmonton loses. But again, what's the point? Let the season end. Yeah. I, seriously, just let the season end. Unless he's doing something stupid, like trade for quarterbacks. Uh <laughs> I, I would have bet money that what happened in Edmonton over the last week and a half where they traded away Trevor Harris and then they traded for Nick Arbuckle, I would bet money that that general manager had to have that approved by somebody higher up. I don't believe that he right now has free reign on that team. And quite frankly, he shouldn't. No. So, did Marcel Desjardins do a good job building the Ottawa Red Blacks? I don't completely believe that's a correct statement. You know, he built a team based on the fact that he had a Canadian draft, an expansion draft. Uh, He also was exempt from the salary cap for, what, three years? of which one team won a great cup in. So I think it's really hard not to be successful when you don't have to play by the same rules as everybody else. But once you start to have to play by the same rules, the team was shit. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm a little disappointed with the timing. My take on that. William. How do you see this falling out? What were you surprised? Well, did you, I, did you I think it should have well, happened earlier? Of course. of course, it should have happened earlier. Okay, obviously there was a problem there when, okay, as little as two years ago, three years ago, Trevor Harris leaves, goes to Edmonton. Ellingson leaves, goes to Edmonton. This past off season, Brad Sinopoli retires. Okay, this past off-season, um, what's his name? Um, Hughes' Jamie son, Elton. what's his nope. face? No, Hughes' son, um, Rick Campbell, Rick Campbell, goes to BC, goes to BC as the right, head right, coach, right. okay? Yeah. So it looked like all the rats were jumping off the ship. Now, my biggest concern is that they don't replace him with the right guy because – that franchise could be in trouble, okay? Yep. Because it's happened, it's happened before. And, Twice. And they haven't had great crowds this year, and the team has not won now for, what, two or three years. And that's, that's scary for me. So I hope they replace them with the right guy, and I don't – I've been thinking about this all day. I don't know who the right guy is. So I don't, I, I I don't know if there's a right guy for that team. I certainly hope well, they don't. I hope they don't. They don't give Paul Lapolis both roles. Okay, because he's got a big enough ego that he thinks he can do it. The guy they interviewed okay, today, so, the right guy. Who? No. 
Wayne Ford. They interviewed him? Apparently. That was uh, the report I read today that he was being interviewed for that job. Uh, yeah, I, I read that he said that he was interested in it. He said, I would not lie, I am interested in the job. But I didn't see anything about him being interviewed for it. I'm going to look it up because I thought I saw that he was being interviewed for it. Maybe I made a mistake. I thought I saw a report that he was being interviewed for it. Yeah. Let me see well, if I can I, find I, that. I wouldn't doubt that. I just uh, I would question that one. Uh, I, I, what I find most comical about this is what the fans out there believe should happen. The, some of the suggestions, Jim Barker, Jim Pond, um, what was the other stoke? Cavis Reed. I don't think Cavis Reed is going to be allowed back in the CFL. I mean, I, I, I honestly believe that he's been blackballed. He's banned for life. I could be wrong on that, but I, I wouldn't bet money at the, he, what he tried to do in Montreal when the league owned the team. Oh, my good Lord. Uh, I, think they should, I think they should bring back one of your fan favorites, Christopher. Well, you, I saw you think G. Roy Simon should get that job. No, 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 no. I found a better one. Who's, what was that guy's name, that guy in Hamilton? I think his last name was Austin. <laughs> oh fuck! Ken oh Austin. god! Ah, <laughs> uh, <sighs> Matt Dunnigan. Honestly, Joe Matt. I don't dislike you. That may not be a terrible pick as a GM. I don't dislike Ken Austin as a GM. I hate he's him. He's an idiot as a coach. He, he's he's just as bad as a GM. No. Think about this, Charles. He had one of the most talented quarterbacks in the CFL in the last 20 or 30 years, and he couldn't build an O-line to protect him. Mm-hmm. Fair comment. You, you would think that being an ex-quarterback, you would believe that he would take this quarterback and, and try to bring him along nicely without throwing him to the wolves. But he had a sieve for an O-line around Zach Caleros and ruined that man's career. I, 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 I hope Ken Austin never comes back to the CFL. I'd rather have Chris, Schol- uh, Chris Jones in the, in the CFL than Ken Austin. I have no use for Ken Austin. I don't think Chris yeah, Jones should get the job in Ottawa as the GM either because I don't believe Chris Jones is a GM. I don't believe that there are many players out there, many people out there. And Paul Apolise is not one of them. Chris Jones is not another. There is very few people that can be a coach and or a GM. Never mind being a coach and GM at the same time. Can you name me five people in your lifetime, there were coaches and GMs and were successful. I can Wally only name Buono. three. Wally Bruno. Wally Bruno. John, um, John, John Hoffnagel. Um, was what's his name, the GM and the head coach? Um, Who? Shit. You know, that that guy, he died. That 
Don, Don Matthews, Matthews is the other one. That's the only only three I can think of. Um, Cal Murphy was both, I do believe. Yeah, at the I same right. time. Yes. Okay. Eventually, eventually he was. Yeah. Was um, Bob Obilovich the coach of the Ar- the GM of the Argos in the eighties when he was the coach? Don't know. I I, I don't I'm know, but sure I wouldn't either. call him successful. He won a great cup. That's pretty successful. Yeah. He got to another one. I you understand my point here is they are two totally different jobs. Yeah. Right. I coaching don't is with coaching, that. and 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 player personnel is something different. Okay, and a coach is supposed to coach a football team that the GM provides him. They're not the same animal, and uh, and I understand that people want to be both. I understand that that's worth more money. You're going to do all sorts of things with that. I just don't believe that. There are many people out there that are capable of doing both jobs, and I certainly wouldn't pick somebody who is unproven at either. No kidding. Okay. Uh, I would take Chris Jones into head coaching position in Ottawa. He is going to be a head coach next year. Is it going to be Toronto? Is it going to be Ottawa? Is it going to be Edmonton? I still I still think, you know, when you say Chris Jones isn't going to be a good GM, I don't think he was a good head coach either. Mm, I don't know, buddy. I think, he's a, I think he's a career fucking assistant. Well, he was only head coach at one team, and he won a great cup. Say that again? I said he was only a head coach in one city, or two cities, and he won a Grey Cup in Edmonton. Right. And I think the reason why he didn't win a a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan is because he was the GM. Yeah, well. I think if he had a decent GM in in uh, Saskatchewan, they would have won a Grey Cup in uh, 2018, 2019, something like that. I also wonder if everybody's suggesting Jim Barker to get him off of TV, okay? That's what I said. <laughs> Maybe. Please, get him off of TSN. I hate him on that panel, okay? He ain't the guy him. I'm picking either. Well, no. we got rid of no. Paul Lapalise. Yeah. And, and that other no. idiot. Yes, I know. Oh, well. Jim but Barker's yeah, so GM, Matt Dunnigan is coach. Look at it's a very, it's a very isn't uh, what's his name? The guy you were saying would be interested in the job. What's his Dwayne name? Ford. Come on. Dwayne Ford. Isn't he from Ottawa? I thought he was. I, I know he's from Ontario for sure. Uh, he, Dwayne Ford is from Toronto, born in Toronto, uh, went to Western Western Ontario College, played for the Stampeders, the Bombers, the Argos, the Stampeders, and and the Ticats. 
won a Vanier yeah. Cup and won a Ch- uh, Grey Cup. Yep. Won a Grey Cup with Calgary and won another Grey Cup with mm-hmm. Calgary. Huh. He actually Six played years in apart. the CFL for 11 years. Huh. Yeah. And, you know, Dwayne Ford um, does a pretty good job of analyzing the Canadian draft. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't really listen to him because I don't give a shit about the Canadian draft. But, but, Canadian football players are extremely important in the CFL. And you're going to win and lose yep. on your Canadian players. Right? And it's just whether you're getting them in a draft or a trade or a free agency or whatever else, because they never seem to stick very well at, at wherever they get drafted. Um, so I, I, I don't believe that he would be a bad choice. Couldn't be any fucking worse. Yeah. Well, you guys you know what? Yeah. And I, I have listened to Dwayne Ford, and he uh, he knows Canadian players inside, outside, and backwards. He yeah. also mm-hmm. comes up with these. He also comes up with these odd players all the time that nobody's ever heard of, and they do quite well. So you know, I I say. Why not give him a chance at something like that? It would be interesting to see what he does. It really would the be. The thing is, if he's going to be the – the problem is that team in Ottawa is such a mess, I really don't think it's a good idea to bring in a guy with no proven track record, a guy that's never done it before. That's a job that's – I, in my opinion, that's a job you need – uh, a guy that's got a proven track record, a guy that's built teams before and knows what it takes. And okay. I'm not saying Dwayne Ford shouldn't be a GM, but I think it's something that they they need the experienced guy for. Okay. I'm not arguing with you, yeah. Charles. Who? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't like yeah, but... any of the guys that are being mentioned. Brendan Tannen? Maybe they bring it. Maybe. Maybe they bring Eric Tillman back. Who knows? I, I way, thought of the Eric way Tillman. I look at it. Yeah, I'm well. thinking about him too. Um, but the way I look at it is, uh, before Wally Buono was the G- Wally Buono was never a GM before he became a GM. Neither was John Huffnagel. Neither was any of those guys. So you know what? Maybe give the guy a chance. I, I just hate how they just bring these guys in and it's retread after retread after retread after retread. Give some new guys some fresh start. Let's see what they can do. Who are you talking about here? Dwayne Ford? Sure. There's a perfect example. Yeah, but, I, you know, Wally Buono was a successful CFL coach before he became a, a, a GM. Yes, I get that. John Huffnagel was a successful CFL coach before he became a GM. Yes, I get that too. Okay. Okay. They also were involved in player personnel when they weren't the GM. Okay. 
Okay. So my so my first they, comment they, would they be kind of apprenticed for that job. But my first comment would be, and I know you're not going to like this, but I'll say it anyways. Kyle Walters. Yeah, I understand. I do. Okay. Dwayne Ford could surround himself with guys like yada da yada da yada da yada da and and be successful. I mean, let's face it, the guy definitely knows the CFL. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying no. Yeah, I know. I know. But once again, do you bring Jim Barker in? Come on. Has he ever been successful? No. Okay, so who do you bring in then? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I'm I'm looking at the thing and the the one name that popped up, up here right to me was Rod Black. I understand he's got nothing to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's another example. Who is the GM in BC? Uh, it's being shared between Rick Campbell, the head coach, and uh, I'm, I'm missing his name, Charles. A uh, long time um, assistant GM. Neil McAvoy. Neil McAvoy. Neil McAvoy. Okay. Which I don't like. And I personally either. think, I think that Neil McAvoy should have the job, but that's beside the point. Yeah. I, I don't think Rick Campbell should have that hat on. And I, I don't, don't think, think he so should either. be offensive I, I, coordinator. Yep. Is he? No, hang on. Is he the offensive coordinator? I think he is, yeah. No, I think we have that other that guy from, from Edmonton. No, I think he's defensive coordinator, not offensive coordinator. Oh, defensive coordinator. That's possible. Yeah, I think that's who that is. Uh, yeah, uh, Jordan McKissick McKissick. is the offensive coordinator. And Rick Campbell is the offensive coordinator. I don't think he should be defensive coordinator, and I don't think he should be assistant GM. I don't think any um, head coach should be a coordinator. Well, I've been on that rant for half a dozen years. Uh, okay, so let's move on to where are we next here. Uh, that was uh, Ottawa Fires Marcel Desjardins. That's what we were talking about for 20 minutes, although I don't really think – well, we were talking about that. Uh, Nick, Bar- Ar- yeah, fuck. Nick Arbuckle is traded to the Edmonton Eskimos. This is from Toronto where he was less than stellar. Uh and even got himself injured. Unproven quarterback in a terrible situation, going into a worse situation. Is he going to be successful in Edmonton? Ah, oh, jeez, I don't know. I wish Edmonton was better than they are, but they're simply not. Uh, their their GM needs to be fired. I. I would keep the coaching staff. I like Noel Thorpe. I like Jamie Elzondo. 
I think they're very good at their positional coaches or in their coordinators' positions. I'm not sure. I'm not sold on Jamie Elzondo as a head coach, but you got to give him more than one year head chance on that. Uh, when you've got shit coming at you from above, uh, we gave Michael Shea longer than than that. No, we did not give Devon Claybrooks because that was absolutely putrid. It's twice tonight I've used that word. Uh, is this a good move? I, I don't know if there's another quarterback out there that's available that would go to Edmonton. There was somebody who didn't play this year. Who was it? What's that? There is a decent quarterback out there that did not play this year. Who was it? A decent quarterback out there that did not play this year. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. And no, I'm not thinking of Jonathan Jennings. Um, I don't know. Charles, go ahead. What's your thoughts on Nick Arbuckle into Edmonton? Well, uh, I think it just um, um, they had two quarterbacks with, that really had zero experience in the CFL. Um, I mean, Nick Arbuckle doesn't have a lot more experience, but he's better than the other two guys they got, experience-wise anyway. So, I mean, this is their, I guess, replacement for – uh, Trevor Harris, at the very least, I think it's a sideways move. I don't think it makes them any better. In fact, I would still take Trevor Harris over Nick Arbuckle any day of the week, to be honest. Um, I guess maybe there is there uh, is there a relationship there between Jamie Elizondo and uh, and um, Nick Arbuckle? No, no, there really isn't, is there? No, no. So no, no. I don't no. Know. Arbuckle I, came out of Calgary. Right, so there's no nothing there. I mean, I guess it just seemed to me that they were looking for someone with some experience, and this is basically all they could get because they weren't finding anybody else. Um, not that, it, like I said, Arbuckle does not have a lot more experience than the other two guys, but at least he's played some in the CFL and had some moderate success. So I guess this is their move to try and get some experience at quarterback because right now they had none. So uh, I don't know if this is a, a long-term fix for the Elks uh, or if this is just another thing just to try and get through this year. Who knows? But um, huh. it was a strange, a strange one. They had Trevor Harris, and then they get rid of him and bring in uh, a less experienced uh, quarterback who was not exactly lighting the world on fire in Toronto. So. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this we'll see how this one goes. But uh, I'm surprised. Um, I'm not surprised, but uh, I don't think Edmonton's gotten really any better at all. Okay, who was Nick Arbuckle's quarterback coach in Calgary? Ryan Dinwiddie. This is what so- shocks me about Toronto trading him. I would think that the relationship with Ryan Dinwiddie, the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, and and or, and Nick Arbuckle 
would have cemented that relationship a little better than it did. From everybody well, why I they brought him to, in. From everybody I talk to and hear about Ryan Dinwiddie, I hear he is probably one of one of the most arrogant people I've ever met, and he makes decisions that based on himself, and I'm thinking he figures he's got McLeod Bethel Thomas with a gun for an arm, but the guy doesn't, I, I don't know, He I, I like how he plays, but I don't like how he plays. Um, and, I, and if you think about it, Nick Arbuckle basically has four games of, st- maybe now after a year in Toronto, five games of starting experience in the CFL. Yeah, and and before he made it in Calgary, Calgary cut him twice. Okay, and the guy they cut him for was Andrew Buckley, who is a Canadian. So think about that for a minute. Maybe You're- Nick Arbuckle isn't as good as we think he is. But it gives some kind of semblance to Edmonton because I would hate to be the starting quarterback in Edmonton right now because it's not very pretty. Nope. Yeah, I and you got to think too that unless they're completely out to lunch, you got to think that what's his name, um, the GM there, uh, Brock Sunderland, is probably done with them at the end of the year and they bring in a new GM, he might want his own quarterback. So uh, going there, there's no guarantee of a job next year because they're probably going to have a new GM, maybe even a new head coach. And there's a good possibility that they um, want their own guy there. And he's probably not it. Yeah. I just don't think there's a plethora of good quarterbacks out there right now. No, that's part of the issue. You know, there there are times where, you know, there's so many backup quarterbacks that are quality starters that just need an opportunity. Uh, I mean, go back in time and look at Mike Riley behind Travis Lule, right? Look at uh, Zach Caleros behind Ricky Ray. And, and you know, mm-hmm. these guys had to go somewhere else to, to play football. I don't see a lot of backup quarterbacks right now that are, are ripping up the league or, or, or creating the excitement that, that some quarterbacks did at one point in time. And Yeah, but... You I think always about look it. at this I mean, Cody Fajardo in Regina right now. He yeah. did nothing in BC to warrant the, a position over there. Or Toronto. And he still, and in my mind, he still doesn't look that good. No, he's just got a really and, good team around him. And he also runs with the ball. I mean, how long is the, the Jeremiah Mazzoli, Dane Evans thing going to last in Hamilton? Because I guarantee you they both want to be starters. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, neither one of them is so, worthy right now. No, no, neither one of them has looked good this year, but that team hasn't looked good this year. So No, 
Yeah, it's it, it. This is a tough call. This is a really tough call. Yeah. Uh, did Edmonton do the right thing bringing in Nick Arbuckle? I don't think they had a choice. I think you know, if they want to if they want to sell any season tickets next year, they got to bring somebody in. Well, and and I'm not you know this this could be a uh, oh god. A Kevin Glenn situation in Ottawa where they bring him in to look good until they find the person that they want. In Ottawa, that was Henry Burris. In Edmonton, might it be Dane Evans? Might it be Jeremiah Mazzoli? Might it be, who knows, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to be... Up, up for grabs. Uh, I honestly don't believe Trevor Harris. Be... Maybe. Uh, no, no, Edmonton just had Trevor Harris. They got rid of him. I know that that was a joke. Oh, okay. Um, I honestly think BC and Calgary are going to need quarterbacks in the next two years. Are they going to find them somewhere else? No, I think Calgary's got his man, their man. I'm pretty happy with what he's got, and I'm not not opposed to Nathan Rourke in BC. I don't think that kid's played bad. They haven't. No, I'd give him the opportunity to play some football. And and uh, what's the kid in, in Calgary's name? It's not Wade. It's, uh, oh, um. Will. Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. I know who you're talking about. Will, what's his name? <laughs> Bull Levi Mitchell? <laughs> no, his guy behind Jeff, him. Jeff, Jeff Mayer, isn't it? Yeah, Mayer. Jake yes, Mayer. Jake. Jake Mayer. There Jake Mayer. That's Jake right. Yeah. I, I think he's got the job. I, would, I wouldn't bet. I would not against him being the quarterback next year in the Calgary. Final, final season of uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's contract. If his shoulder doesn't get better, does he retire? Does he get put on the wayside? What happens there? And I and and I and I'm not picking on Bo Levi Mitchell because of my opinion of his playing ability. I just think that him and and Mike Riley are being paid too much for their ability to play football right now. I don't think yeah, either I one of them disagree. are earning the amount of money that they're being paid. I don't think Mike Riley's playing that good of football. And as Will no, said, the, eight, the years are catching up to him. Yep. And I, if I'm Calgary as well, I'm worried about Bowley by Mitchell's shoulder, if it ever comes back to where it was before. Shoulder injuries, especially for a quarterback, are one that can be very, very um, troubling because uh, it's one that can become recurring. Yeah, but, I mean, Bo is not that old. He's 31 years old. Right. But that it might be at the end. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, I would not be surprised with Calgary m- moving on from that position, and I wouldn't be surprised with BC moving on from that position. Edmonton needs a quarterback. I'm not totally convinced that Montreal has a quarterback. Ottawa needs a quarterback. Uh, Toronto needs a quarterback. There's not enough quarterbacks out there. Where are you going to find these guys? Jonathan Jennings. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think there's that much out there. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, I'm really trying to read this, and I think I kind of got the gist of what you're trying to say. How big is the quality of an issue is the reported decline in the CFL quality of play? Oh, it's one of my famous... uh, It's a Charles-ism. Yeah, um, I like to try and uh, blame it on auto spell, but even auto spell doesn't screw this up that badly. Not, not this how bad. Big is so the what you're trying to say issue? is, how bad is it. the quality of play this year in the CFL? And is it an issue? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Essentially, that's correct. I'm, I'm highly disappointed with the quality of football that has been played in 2021 in the CFL. I look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I don't believe that they are an exceptional team. But they are light years ahead of everybody else in this league. Okay? You take the Calgary Stampeders from four or five years ago, and they'd be mopping the floor with this Bomber team. So, yeah, I, 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 I am disappointed with the quality of football. Is it an issue? I think there's too many issues right now. I think that the problem that the CFL has is the same problem that every, every industry out there has right now, is we're sitting in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and it's hurt us. It's hurt us in uh, the players that will come up here. It's hurt us in the having a year off. It's ha- hurting the CFL in the amount of fans that are in the stands. It's hurting the CFL on which players are going to be able to um, fly in another four days. Uh, there's a lot of things that are hurting the CFL this year. I in my in my household, there is an argument going on between who is vaccinated and who is va- not. What do you think is going on in these locker rooms? So far, it's really been kept out of the media. But I cannot believe for a heartbeat that it is not a big concern in every single fucking locker room in this city, in this country. Probably is. I would agree. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, there was a a report out. There was a report out last year that there are seven key stampeders that are not vaccinated yet. So, yeah, and I. 
I don't understand. I'm really confused by the narrative that is preventing this this, this happening, this, this major divide in, in the population. And I don't want to get into a COVID conversation. I am just absolutely confused at the stance that people are taking. And I want this to be really clear to everybody out there. If you believe in vaccine passports and the limiting the movement of unvaccinated people, please do not post anything about your family, your uncle, your cousin, brother, your grandfather that was in the war. Don't you be talking about poppies and lest we forget, because you have just fucking forgot if you believe in a pass, vaccine passport. Because that's exactly what these people were fighting against. What is the difference between not allowing unvaccinated people in a restaurant and only having restaurants for white people? It's segregation. It's discrimination. It's everything that our country has fought against in its entire history. So don't be doing anything on November 11th because you're just being hypocritical. There's my position on that one. We're going to move on from that one because we're not going to talk COVID. Um, Armando Sewell. No, sorry, quality of play in the CFL. I I did my piece on that one. Charles, what's yours? Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's uh, what you said. Uh, I think is a large part of it. Also, the fact that these players uh, missed a year of playing, and you know what? Uh, when you're not playing, you're not practicing. It's like anything else. You're you uh, take a step back. There was a training camp. There was no preseason games this year. That, I think, ended up hurting people, and it just uh, uh, kind of culminated in this uh, this uh, little play. There have been good games this year, but uh, it's definitely taken a dip this year. I don't think anyone would, uh, would dispute that. So um, it's basically just got to roll with it as it is and see if uh, going forward on to next year, if uh, the um, quality of play picks up with a, a proper training camp or preseason, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, it certainly does hurt the league um, with, uh, you know, um, subpar games, but you can only do so much with it. So it is what it is. Agreed. Understand that 100%. William, what's your thought on the quality of football that's being played this year? Is it substandard? Is it mediocre? Is you know it what? the same as normal? You know what? I agree on all of the stuff you guys talked about as far as why it's not that great this year. And it's got everything to do with uh, guys not playing for a year and so on and so forth. But one of the biggest things that I've heard from different Stampeders this year is it's still not the same because they do not have team meetings together. They do it all on Zoom once again. And they say you do not build the same camaraderie that you do normally. 
that you guys are spending time. And I think they've loosened that up a little bit in Calgary. And a lot of guys are playing, saying that's why they're playing better. So that could be a reason. And uh, I guess if they mentioned it, it might be a legitimate point. But, no, the play hasn't been as good as I would like it to be. But you got to expect that when guys didn't have a preseason and, and they haven't played for a year. So, and a and limited training camp. About, well, mm-hmm. And think about the teams that have new coaching staff, okay, and a shortened training camp, no exhibition games. That has an effect on you. And the teams that are like that, Edmonton, Ottawa, BC – you know they're they're having a hard they're sh- time. They're showing it. Yep. Toronto. So. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points, guys. You know, and I, I didn't I didn't think of or I didn't know about that, uh, William. That's a very good point about the you know not having the uh, team building, the family building, the camaraderie, the 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 fraternity of that group. That's and that's, then on top that's of that, very important. That, and then on top of that, and I know you like you said they haven't made a big deal about it, but you throw the COVID vaccinated unvaccinated situation into a locker room, that can tear a locker room apart. Oh shit! It's t- tearing houses apart right now, families apart, especially. Especially, especially when we're coming up to the playoffs, and there's going to be guys that are not going to be allowed to fly, and that's going to be I, a problem. You, you know, honestly, I, I'm sitting here. I, you, you, everybody knows what side of this argument I am on, and I know what side William's on, and he caved so that he could go to the football games. I would bet money that every single football player is going to cave so that they can continue playing the rest of the season. They're hoping that something changes. They're hoping that the government backs down. They're hoping that it's not going to be uh, written in stone. They're hoping that it's going to be extended until January. They're hoping whatever else. But if that doesn't come through, they have to go get the vaccination. And I honestly wouldn't blame them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, I just want to put them. something. I, I want to put something out there, please. Um, sure. Everybody out there, I'm not so shallow as I got vaccinated to go see football games. The biggest reason <laughs> is to get my grandchildren. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So I get to see my grandchildren, okay? Um, but, but, and as far as that goes, I'm still on your side as far as everything goes with COVID, Christopher. I don't believe in any of it, and I, I, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And I think I went, I went for lunch today for the first time in a long time, and sitting at a table waiting for the person I was having lunch with and they came up to me and asked me to see my vaccine passport and my license. And I thought, holy fuck. 
we're living in this kind of world. It's it's ridiculous. You're now living in Nazi Germany. I wouldn't go that far, but pretty close. It's getting there. Pretty darn close. We're not there um, yet, but it's coming. But I, I still believe there is still, regardless of what happens, there is still going to be 20% of the population, and I, mean, I include you in there, who are just not ever going to do it. It's not a hope in hell. Okay, it's not going to happen. And I don't know, 10 years from now, do they line all these people up and shoot them? I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, they're going to have to catch me know. first. Well, no, I realize that, but it's just, yeah. So, I mean. Okay. We've got two minutes left in the show. Let's uh, move on for a little bit here, okay? I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into this anymore. No, uh, me but either. I do believe that it's a concern in the locker room. Armando Sewell yep. was less than complimentary about Trevor Harris a few months ago, saying that all we got to do is smack him around. He's a pussy. Okay? Now, Trevor Harris gets traded from Edmonton to Montreal, and he's now a teammate of Armando Sewell. And then Antonio Simmons is traded to Edmonton for Trevor Harris, and he barks up and says that Sewell was correct. All you have to do is hit Harris a couple times, and he's going to fold like a cheap tent. Ah, wow. That's not going to be going over well in Montreal. And it, are, they, are they wrong? I don't know. But we've just gone 60 seconds left in the show. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say on this one. I don't know if you guys have anything. To say. If you want to say something quick when you say goodnight, go ahead. But this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 460. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Charles, say goodnight. Say something on Seawell if you want, but move on. 20 seconds. Uh, Good night, folks. Uh, I mean, uh, Seawell, yeah, you yeah, can say it, but you know what? I, to me, it's something you don't bring out in the me. In public, uh, not right now, but uh, yeah, that's it. But uh, good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the games this weekend, and happy Halloween. William, go. Good night, folks. Um, don't forget, Armando Sewell had Mike Riley as his quarterback for a long time. So, of course, Trevor Harris looks like a pussy. Anyways, Fair. go out. That's a good go point. Al. Go out.